0: Welcome back to Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm Becca Freeman. And I'm Grace Atwood. So before we dive in, this episode is sponsored by Night Pillow. As you probably know if you've been listening for a while, Night Pillow is our favorite pillow. We literally could not sleep without it. We'll tell you more about it later, but if you want one, you can take 20% off using code BOP20 at discovernight.com
1: And it's our book club today. I have been dying to talk about this book For months since I read it,
0: I feel like this has been so long coming. We've been we've read this so long ago, and it is absolutely one of the best books that I read all summer. Me too, all
1: year. Uh, Me too, and I'm I have a lot of thoughts. Like this book has stuck with me, like very few books do. Yeah. So I don't think I said the title. We're talking about Three Women by Lisa Tadeo today. Mm -hmm. Very excited. Before we get into it, let's talk about ourselves.
0: Yeah, let's do it. Grace, do you have a high today? I do. Um, I'm having a great week. So I went on a really good first date. I think that we'll have been on a second date um, by the time this episode drops. So hopefully it did not implode. Um, but I had a very good time. I feel like dating is just so strange. Where, like, did, where did you find this gentleman suitor? I found him on Hinge. Oh, interesting. I am currently
1: over Hinge. I keep trying Hinge, and I don't <laughs> match with anyone. Okay. But I uh, I restarted my Bumble profile. How's that going? Well, I started it on Sunday night, so. So it's not. Not, not really. Yeah. But I feel I am one dating app at a time. That's one my at philosophy. a time.
0: I, and, I agree. And yeah. Hinge wasn't okay yeah. doing it for me. I haven't used Bumble in years, but I, I know it's popular. I know people like it, so. Well, we'll see. Yeah.
1: We'll see. I'm here for August and September, and then we're we're going on tour. We're going so. on tour, so I don't think I'm going to do a lot of dating in October.
0: Yeah, you got to lock them in before October. It cuffing season it's has come c- early. Cuffing season comes early for us, where we got to cuff someone, get them in, and then they can come along on the tour with us. How glamorous! <laughs> hey, do you want to be my roadie, or what is the word? A groupie? Oh, a groupie! <laughs> I'm looking for a groupie. Well. I interrupted you and then it got weird. Yeah. What are your other highs? So, my high, oh, I also got to go on the J Train podcast. I'm surprised that you haven't like died of excitement. Yeah. And I mean, I'm like, Jared's like number one, maybe number two fan after Raina. Raina and I can, um, can fight over him. But I love him. I love his podcast. I love, I feel like he is kind of like, this secret little spy that, like, really has clued women into the way that men think. I think he's hilarious. I think he's also super smart and great at what he does. And just, he's a great person. He's so nice and so professional. So I had a great time. I got to see where he lives, which is always fun to see where people live, like the creep that I am. Um, And the episode came out last week. So go listen to it if you haven't. It was fun. My other high is... I'm Do you even need me today? Should sh- I just go? What do you mean? You have three highs. Yeah, I've got a lot to say, okay? Okay. Got a lot of feelings. Good feelings. My other thing is that I am not making plans and I'm enjoying it. I think that my self-care is saying no to people because I'm really enjoying just having a more chill life this week. So I saw something on Twitter that I wanted to read. It's from an account called Kyle Plant Emoji. And I only know about him because my friend Taylor Lorenz, um retweeted him. But I love this quote, so it just says i'm re- I'm so tired of explaining that I don't have the time. doesn't mean that literally every second of my schedule is accounted for, but rather, I'm giving as much of myself as I'm currently able to give. And I think that's something I like need to maybe frame and just stick on my fridge because sometimes I'm like, well, I do have this one night free." I do like that quote. But I'm a better person if I take that night for myself and like actually have a chill night or like see one friend or watch a movie or go to the gym. Like not every single second of every day needs to be accounted for. And that's something I'm personally really working on.
1: I I, I really, really like that quote. Yeah. What about you? Along the same vein, I had the most restorative weekend last weekend. So we didn't see each other. I'm, I'm hurt. I didn't see anyone. I know. I'm kidding. I, I didn't see hurt. anyone. I came back from traveling and I feel like I was in survival mode the whole first week I was back. And then I had no plans. I read three books. Update from last week. I went to a workout class. I went to Pilates and I went to SoulCycle, but that was on Monday. Um, I went to the grocery store. I slept. I like barely put on clothes. I like did face masks. It was like I just did nothing. It was great. I feel human again. That is the best. It was really what I needed. I gave it to myself and I feel better. Good for you. So I self-cared real hard. Yeah.
0: Sometimes you need that. Yeah. Yeah. So what about Lowe's? Um, yours I, is not a low. This is something we should be celebrating. I don't,
1: yeah, my, I have two mini lows. So one is that I picked up a third client, which is good. However, Can balance. Can you share who it is? Um, yeah, I'm doing a small project with Bull and Branch, which is an organic oh, sheet Oh, I love their bedding. Yeah. Can
0: you get me some free bedding? <laughs> Grace, I don't know. I'm just kidding. Grace, sort I, of. I don't know. I want the sheets. Give me the sheet.
1: Um, so I picked up a third client and, I haven't had three clients since May, maybe. So three is my max. Two is like money happy, time happy. Three is like, let's really make some money, but like you're going to stress for it. Mm -hmm. And so I picked up a third client because I was like, oh, we're we're touring in October. So like I don't, I'm not going to be able to do a ton of work. I've spent so much money on my apartment this summer. So I did it, but I'm just like balancing everything is a little rocky yeah not rocky I'm just like oh god because I think the podcast has started to take up more time but it hasn't started to make more money so anyway that's kind of a low that I'm just I'm feeling stressed work-wise but the good news is that I'm here more or less for the next month and a half I've one trip and up uh, but it's just a long weekend and I'm excited for it so um that's like kind of a low that I'm just feeling whelmed mm-hmm. um my second low is that I low-key gave myself food poisoning yesterday. What? Yeah, so I I am a person who lives in extremes. And so I'm back in town. I was like, I'm self-caring so hard. I was like, I'm gonna cook for myself all of my meals this week. Like I'm just so excited to be back in a routine. So I like cook myself breakfast, it's great. I made time during the afternoon. I was like, I'm gonna cook lunch. Like I'm not just gonna like throw things leftovers together or like get a salad at sweet green. So I made chicken, like just in the oven, chicken thighs. And I, like, low-key food poisoned myself. Oh, no. I Like, I actually am a very nervous person about cooking meat. I am always scared that I'm going to undercook it. And so usually I go the other way and I overcook it. And I even used a thermometer. I don't know what happened. I mean, I feel fine now. So maybe it was just, like, it didn't agree with me. But, yeah, yesterday afternoon I, like, I was like, look at me. I'm so healthy. I'm cooking for myself. And then I was like, oh. Oh, man. I low-key gave myself food poisoning. Ooh. You want to know when I realized it? When, um, on the subway on the way to a Soul Cycle class. Oh no! And I was like, "What do I do?" And I was like, "Do I turn around? Do I throw up in the Soul Cycle bathroom?" Spoiler alert: I did. No. And then I was like, "Well, I like came into
0: the city for this, so like, did you take the class?" Yeah, I was like, "I guess I just take you the puked class. and took the class." Yeah. Jesus, Becca, you're kind of my hero. This well, is like the, the 30-something version of puke and rally. Well, there was like, you know, a
1: soul-single class costs, what, like $36? And like, I didn't want to go to the front desk and try to explain to them, be like, hi, I just threw up in your bathroom, so I'm not going to be taking this class. They would 100% understand. Oh, I'm sure they would, but it would just be a weird thing to tell somebody. And then okay. I was like, I came from Brooklyn into the city to come to this class, and I was like, it's just not going to be my best class, and I'm just going to do it. How would you do in class? Not great. No. But I did it.
0: I'm impressed.
1: It was... it, it Like, not to get too graphic, but, like, I felt better after I threw up. Well, that's good, I guess.
0: Anyway. Anyway. Tell me your low. So, my low is, you guys, everyone has an opinion, and guess what? I don't really want it. I mean, I want some opinions, but it just feels like lately, somebody has just got something to say to me, and a lot of times, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, and... Maybe I just need to, like, not have such a thin skin. I think my skin's getting thicker. But today, I wrote a blog post about um, the importance of reading women, books, more books by women of color, which I think that all of us can agree that's something that's really important. I think that women of color are very underrepresented in the media in general and also in the book space. I had four people message me saying, well, if you're doing a reading list... With women of color, true equality would be to do a reading list with books by white women. And then I had to argue with them in the DMs about why. And I just, I should just ignore them or like block people like that. But sometimes I'm just like, really, this is how I'm spending my day. I've got like five brand deadlines and all of the sponsored content due. And I'm sitting here educating people on why it is a totally different thing. Oh, So... I don't, I mean, the people who, the people who have opinions that I want to hear from are probably not the ones that are DMing me. It's just the crazies that, like, feel like they need to, to tell me something or school me. Ugh. Like, literally, true equality would, would be just doing reading lists of everyone of every race and gender. No, that's not, that's not how this works. Mm. Yeah. So that was just an annoying morning. Because it's also like upsetting, and you feel like I don't always feel like I know everything and I'm super qualified to talk about all of the politics that go into race. I just think that this is generally something that we all need to be better about, and that we should all be reading more books by women of color because, you know, we talked about this with Morgan Hoyt in her episode.
1: Well, it also just like expands your perspective and allows you to empathize
0: with different points of view. Yes, and I said that to her as well. and But I just didn't want to spend my morning doing that. No, that's tough. It's it's
1: something that I have realized from putting myself out there on Instagram in a smaller way. And generally not that people have negative things to say, but I think also just like the way you perceive a question or a comment when you're just going through 50 pieces of unsolicited feedback, you're just like... Yeah, like I woke up. Like it feels like somebody's just like grabbing you.
0: Yeah, it feels like one collective voice is just meh, meh, And it's it's hard. Like I wake up a lot of times and I have 100 messages to reply to. And I need to take Marie Forleo's advice and not look at my phone until I've, I think, written something and been active. But I just grab my phone and look at it first thing. And then it's not a good way to start the day. No. Even if it's 100 people praising you. It's still, it's, it's, it feels like
1: you got 100 text messages. It's also a time suck to respond. Yes. And I want to respond
0: in, like, a thoughtful way. And sometimes you're just like, mm. Totally. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Enough about that. That's not a real low. Like, otherwise, this has really been a great week. But it was, it was just a bummer when I got messages like that.
1: So we somehow spent 13 minutes talking about ourselves. But I want to talk about our shows. And then I want to talk
0: about this book because I have a lot to say a lot to say. I mean, there's just so much to say about the book. And the plot summary itself could take like three days to explain. Quick show plug. Yes. We're going on tour. So come. Do I say us.
1: tour weird? You do say tour weird. Oh, man. You I say
0: thought tour, I might. But I'm not like, I think I, that's, I've mispronounced so many things. I think
1: it's a regional thing.
0: I don't think I'm wrong. I think it's I think just you're like, probably right for your region. Oh, yeah.
1: I, I've been I've been feeling that in my heart of hearts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've been feeling it, but I didn't ever want to say something because I don't no. want to make it like it's it's so awkward when People always say things that I say wrong, so I know what that's like.
1: No, I, I've been feeling it.
0: <laughs> anyway.
1: Anyway. We're, we're going on the road.
0: We're going on the road. I can say road. We're yeah. going
1: on the road, and we are going to... I kind of like
0: how you say tour, though. It's cute. Tour. Oh, now
1: you're not saying Tour. It. <laughs>
0: So guys, we're going to San Francisco, October 2nd, Washington, D.C., October 16th.
1: Oh, we're going to Philly on October 17th, Atlanta on October 23rd, and Dallas on November 6th.
0: Yes. We're working
1: on a a New York show, too. Please come. You can get tickets at batonpaperpodcast.com slash live. We are starting to line up guests, and I'm so excited. But please don't wait until we announce those guests, because uh, it would be save us a lot of heartache and and stress if we just knew that you were coming.
0: Yes. I, I have so many people being like, I'm gonna get tickets. I'm gonna get tickets. Get your tickets. Get them now. Get them now. Yes, please.
1: I'm really excited. I'm excited to go to these new cities. Excited to go back to DC. That was our most excited crowd. I know I when we have the big room this time. I'm excited.
0: we have upgraded. I'm,
1: I'm ready. I have rested. I have self cared this weekend ready to go I'm ready Do. to go
0: I'm ready to get some new sequin dresses and hit the road for our, t- t- our tour
1: whatever we're calling it yeah please come batonpaperpodcast.com backslash live bring your friends bring your mom bring your coworkers. bring, bring your group sororities text. bring your group text bring them bring everyone if there's somebody that you like drinking wine with you should bring them to the
0: show yeah bring a date Great well, first date. No, bad first date. There
1: have been some husbands in the crowd. I don't know that it would be a first date no, crowd. Bring pleaser. your husband.
0: But yeah. Yeah, don't bring a first date.
1: Probably not. Mm-hmm. Probably not. I would like, from an anthropological perspective, I would love to watch a lot of first dates at our show.
0: Oh my God, it would be so fun. So
1: fascinating. We mm-hmm. could check in with them throughout, be like, yeah. how's this date going? How's it going? <laughs> Honestly, if you want to bring a date, let us know and like maybe we'll comp
0: you tickets. Yeah.
1: Anyway, that got weird. Oh, also, leave us a review. We haven't told you in a long while to leave us a review, and so nobody has.
0: Yeah, our reviews have gone down a little. So please leave us a review. I hate We'd love that I can only. I feel like we can only beg for. I one know thing. one thing an episode buy live show tickets. But if you're feeling like it, leave us a review too. Yeah. All right. Okay. So and tell all your friends and put us on your Instagram story. Do everything. Ideally, buy tickets and put that on your Instagram story. Sure. Sure. <laughs>
1: OK, so I want to warn people that there is a long plot summary ahead. And so many gave us a negative comment about the length of plot summaries. And I just want to say, if you've read the book and you don't want it, you can just like fast, forward, fast forward a few. Forward part. But so many people tell us they listen to the book episodes even though they haven't read the book. So I feel
0: it is my duty to catch them up. I also think because I read so much, I personally often forget what happens in the plot of the book. So if I was listening, I would want a quick refresher and then to get into this the discussion. Yes. So we can't please everyone. If this discussion, if this plot does not please you, fast
1: forward. This book is nonfiction. It is also our first nonfiction book that we have ever had for our book club. And the author wrote it after spending thousands of hours over the course of eight years with the women profiled in the book.
0: So let's talk about the first woman. Let's talk about Maggie. Maggie was, I think Maggie was my favorite character. Maggie is. Character. She's not Maggie dead. is, yes, you're right. She's not dead. She's still
1: alive. It was written in the past 10 but, but her she name is die. not really Maggie. No, it is really Maggie. No, it was changed. No, the other two women's were changed, and hers is the same, because it's something you could Google.
0: Okay, I'm going to Google her after this. Okay. So Maggie is, she might not be anymore, she was a 23-year-old in Fargo, North Dakota. She is embroiled in a court case against her high school English teacher, Erin Nodal, who she alleges she had an affair with when she was underage. Maggie had a troubled childhood and was the daughter of two alcoholics. She began her relationship with her teacher by confiding in him about her home life. So during her junior year, Maggie goes to visit her older sister who lives in Hawaii. While she's there, she has a relationship with her sister's 31-year-old friend. They sleep together. Her sister catches them kissing at a barbecue and tells her parents. Obviously, her parents are furious. Back at home, she writes a note to Mr. Nodell about losing her virginity to an older man in Hawaii and gives it to him after class. Afterwards, Maggie starts texting with Mr. Nodell. Their emotional affair escalates. They start meeting outside of school. But even after months, they still have not kissed. But finally, Aaron's wife is out of town. Maggie comes over and they fool around. But notably, they do not have sex. He waits until she. He wants to wait until she's 18. They also have told each other that they love each other. On Aaron's birthday, Maggie sends him a text, and his wife sees it. So he calls her and then calls off the whole thing. So after all of this, Maggie is heartbroken. Three years later, she's had no other significant relationships. She's been kicked out of college on academic probation, and she is still working at Buffalo Wild Wings, which... I love Buffalo Wildlings. I love Buffalo Wildlings. I'm glad we're on the same page there. So that's the same job that she's had since high school. She's in a deep depression. She's drinking too much, and she's contemplating suicide. She emails Aaron a few times, but he never replies. So after a friend says that there's no way she was the first or the last, Maggie decides to report her relationship with Aaron and tell her parents what happened. During the trial, Aaron, his wife, and the other teachers all flatly denied the accusation, despite phone records showing 90 phone calls between Maggie and Aaron, evenly initiated between the two of them. The longest of the conversations is four hours. Despite all of the evidence to the contrary, the jury finds Aaron not guilty.
1: So our second woman, and I... um made all of these so that it was by person but in the book they're told kind of going back and forth between them. So the second woman is Lena and Lena is a middle-aged housewife in rural Indiana. She has two kids and she's in a loveless marriage where she hasn't been kissed by her husband in 3 months. So going back when she was a teenager, she was the kind that quote I love this quote did more sticker collecting than french kissing. And her friends had just started dating a popular boy, and she had a huge crush on his best friend, Aiden. So they go on a double date with her friend, and she goes out with her dream boy, and suddenly she's dating a popular boy and is so in love with him. So there's a cooling off, and another older boy asks her to a party, but instead he brings her to a friend's house where they drug her, and she's raped. So in present day, Lena has filed for separation from her husband and is having an affair with Aiden, who's her high school boyfriend, after reconnecting with him on Facebook. Aiden is also married, but he says that his wife cheats on him. So basically, it's okay. So Lena and Aiden begin meeting sporadically for sex, mostly on his terms. And he is just the center of her universe. She is completely obsessed with him. But he only reaches out to her when he is drunk or horny or bored. So the relationship is very
0: much on on his terms. So then we have Sloan. Sloan is a beautiful woman in her 40s. Her and her husband own a restaurant in Newport, Rhode Island. She runs the front of the house and he's the chef. Sidebar, that's what my parents did. They were not. I don't think this is about your parents. This is not about my parents. But that was how th- what their work situation was. So Sloan sleeps with other people in front of her husband and sometimes with him. Her and her husband, Richard, met when she was in her early 20s. And he is a bit older with an infant child from a previous relationship. Their relationship worked from the beginning. And seven months into it, they moved from New York City to Newport to open their restaurant together. On Sloane's 27th birthday, a waitress at the restaurant propositions her, and her husband, for a threesome. After the first experience, Sloane liked being with another person, with her husband, but she doesn't know what that says about her. So in the following years, they continue to experiment with inviting other people into their bedroom, usually men. Richard likes to see Sloane with another man. Sometimes he's not there, and sometimes she just sends some videos. Richard would select would select the man for her. While she enjoys it, she's mostly doing it for her husband. Sloan has never had feelings for any of these men, so she usually wouldn't have chosen them for herself until she starts sleeping with Wes, and Wes is actually the chef at the restaurant she owns with her husband, so that gets a little messy. Things feel very organic from the beginning with him, and they're enjoying this relationship for a few months. So Sloan assumes that Wes's partner knows about it, but she doesn't. So she finds his phone and texts Sloane. She never wants to see her again. A year later, Sloane runs into Jenny at the grocery store. Jenny's still furious and confronts her about her behavior. So those are our women.
1: The thing. There is a lot to unpack. There is so much to unpack. I think the thing that I want to say up top is that. The summary, just like this flat summary, makes the book feel really salacious. And it is. It was like picking through somebody's dirty laundry because you were in their head and you got to hear their thoughts. But it was also so compassionately told. Like the book wasn't like, let's laugh at these women's poor decisions. And I I want that to be clear because like, I feel like if we just read the plot summary, It feels like the book is told with less empathy than it is. Yes. But I didn't know how to make that come across because I am not a
0: masterful nonfiction writer. No, nor am I.
1: Can I... Just to give you some more preface, I guess, before we get into it. Mm -hmm. Can I read you this quote from the prologue that I I thought was so captivating? Okay, so in the prologue she writes... Throughout history, men have broken women's hearts in a particular way. They love them or half love them and then grow weary and spend weeks and months extricating themselves soundlessly, pulling their tails back into the doorways, drying themselves off and never calling again. Meanwhile, women wait. And that's what this book is about. I love that. And I i don't think I know a single person who couldn't identify with that. Like being on the unrequited side of a relationship. Yeah. And like still having those feelings that like what do you do with it? Yeah. And that's like more or less what each of these stories was about. I don't know. This this book got me. We have heavily covered my relationship with nonfiction.
0: Heavily. Mine too. We're the same.
1: Generally in that I am a nonfiction abandoner.
0: <laughs> and I ripped
1: through this book like I could not get enough.
0: Well, it reads just like it reads like fiction. And people say that, but
1: I've never felt like this about a nonfiction book before. Yeah. You you want to know something that really, really stuck with me? What? So I think one thing that was different that I felt in this book was that I, I think that the author lived through some of these moments with the women so she could talk about details that maybe nobody would have recounted to her, but like because she was having these conversations with these women while they were while the things were happening, it was like very fresh. But there was this one description that like I don't know why it stuck with me, but they're talking about in Maggie's story, um, Mr. Nodal the teacher has spaghetti from home for lunch and it's in this like stained orange tupperware and that like detail like it was just like this is a story like this is the way that fiction is where you can like see it Mm -hmm. it's not just a straight recounting of like this happened and then this happened like there was such a sense of like place and like character i don't know like it was so well told i completely agree I mean, I guess that's what you get when it, I think it said in the book that the author spent
0: eight years with these women. It's, inc- it's so incredible. Wait, can we share the secret? Yeah. Guys, guess who's coming on the podcast for a bonus episode?
1: We're going to have Lisa Tadeo. I think the episode's going to come out tomorrow. I'm so excited. And I'm really excited to talk to her about the behind the scenes of how this book got written. Because the book itself is fascinating, but I'm also really curious about the behind the scenes.
0: Totally. Me too.
1: Yeah. One other thing that I thought was interesting in the prologue, um, the author, she tells the story about her mother. And um, her mother and father are, you know, still, I think they're still married. Um, And her mom is a housewife. You know, she's like, she's a mom and she tells this story about how when her mom was younger and she she lived in italy she's italian um she was followed to and from work every day by a man who walked behind her while he masturbated oh yes and it was just like such a graphic brutal story mm-hmm. and i don't necessarily know what the takeaway is but it's like it really stuck with me as well it's it's kind of what i was thinking was like it's kind of like Sometimes in these cases, you can't really explain why you make a decision, like why she wasn't like, sir, stop that or like reporting him to the police. But like she didn't. Mm -hmm. And also, I think like how everyone has a story like this, like even your mom, who's a housewife and like your only memory of her is like making jello mold. I made that up. That's not what she says. But, you know, like the mommiest June Cleaveriest mom like has something in her background like a story of desire whether yeah uh, whichever side she's on and i think that's so interesting like i think it's so unifying this like sentiment this feeling Mm -hmm. i don't know i i feel a way about this book that i've felt about very few books it's a really special book
0: yeah okay so should we talk a little bit more about the characters yes yes So first of all, there's Maggie, who we started with. So she seems a little unreliable. Like, it almost, like, to compare this to fiction, she seems like the unreliable narrator. Mm -hmm. She admits that she's partially going to court to see see Aaron again. So even after he's wronged her and all of this has happened, she still wants to see him again. She's on this mess of mood-stabilizing drugs. From the beginning, I kind of... I kind of wondered if she was telling the truth. And I I do. I did believe her. Did you? I I did. I didn't
1: necessarily always believe her throughout. But the part about the phone records was so insane to me. Mm -hmm. Like, I cannot imagine, what was it, 90 phone calls? 90. Evenly initiated. And great. Like, maybe she has a very troubled home life. Later in the book, her father ends up committing suicide. Like, it... She has a super troubled home life. But despite that, like, I cannot imagine a situation where a teacher calls you 90 times throughout the year. Like, in a school year. What's a school year? 280 days. That's, like, every third day. And one of those calls was four
0: hours. Yeah, there's something unsavory going on there. I
1: know. It was, it felt to me like this happened. I agree. Which is also uh, an interesting um commentary where it's like why don't we believe women? I know. Because like there was so much evidence of this affair and basically like it sounds and I I want to hear about this from Lisa because she lived through some of this but it was like it really sounds like not only was he found not guilty but like the entire town was like slap an A on this woman like she's a whore and we don't believe her like the town hated her
0: yeah even looking really quickly as I googled him it so much stuff was like it was very pro him just a quick scan of the interwebs and that's the thing is like there was
1: also this narrative where he was um while the trial was going on he was uh the teacher of the year in North Dakota and it's like there's definitely this commentary where it's like you can't be um, high standing in your career or like respectable and also do bad things where it's like the narrative doesn't go together. And it's interesting because like I don't know enough about this case to speak eloquently, but like Jeffrey Epstein, where it's like he had been convicted before this most recent time where he was um, somebody brought charges and they, they let him off. Yeah. Where it was like you can't be rich, you can't be like respected and then also do a bad thing. Yeah. Like, he's a teacher. Why are we giving these men the benefit of the doubt and not believing women?
0: As a sidebar, this also made me think of this teacher that I had in high school that we all had a crush on. And there was like a rumor going around that he had an affair with a student. Like it never like went anywhere. Do you think he did? I have no idea. Okay. But I looked him up because I was like, Oh yeah, he's so hot. He's now so old. Because I guess I'm 37, so figure the teacher was 15 or 20 years older than us. Like he could, he was probably like in his mid 30s. So I was, I'm doing the math, 17. So he's probably like 18 years older than us. So he's retiring now. And he's looks very old. It was very very jarring to see this because I was like, oh, this could have been Mr. I'm not going to say his last name, but it was a, a weird thing that I I went through while I was reading this book. Hmm. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. It's total sidebar. Why, th- though? Why, though? Why did she write to him the note about Hawaii? I feel like that was bait. Well, it is. And, and that's the thing is, like, I think
1: all of the women, Maggie especially, is, like, not innocent.
0: Yeah. Like, everyone's flawed.
1: Everyone is flawed, and she's, like, making poor decisions throughout this. She's, like, writing him this note in the book, and I was like,
0: no, no, no. Like, don't do that. It's like a
1: horror movie where it's like, don't go outside.
0: Yeah. Don't give your teacher this creepy note. Yeah, don't run upstairs when the murderer is running after you. I know,
1: and it's like, so I think that that's interesting, where it isn't black and white. Like, and I don't, and I think what was interesting is that she didn't accuse him. She didn't press charges for a really long time, because, like, I, I it doesn't make her look great either and she didn't want to like air this dirty laundry and like i think that's an interesting part of it
0: yeah i think she also had like hope that maybe they'd get back together
1: well right yeah right and i mean yeah she definitely she had a crush on him admittedly and like I, I think that's, like, pretty common that, you know, you have a crush on your teacher. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, oh, my God. Do you remember in Dawson's Creek where uh,
0: Pacey is having an affair with his teacher? Oh, my God. That made me so uncomfortable. I For some reason, it's like. And then the brother had a crush on the teacher, too. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: Yeah. I feel like it's, like, such a. It was, like, an, I don't know if it still is, but at least, like, when we were growing up, it was, like, such a normalized storyline. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, having a crush. Having not, a crush. Yeah, 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 Not losing your virginity to the teacher. No,
1: no, no. Having a crush on the teacher. Yeah. So it's like she's has a crush on the teacher. She's not really doing anything wrong. But like. Don't write that note. Don't write that note, Maggie. You know the other piece of evidence? And I think this is oh,
0: one yeah, of the creepiest creep-
1: parts mm-hmm. of the book. Is that she gives him her copy of Twilight. And he marks it up with notes in the margins about how it paralleled their love story
0: it made me my stomach churn.
1: we're like coming from the point of view that i have where he is guilty this is the creepiest thing i agree oh yeah and like of course she felt the way she did like it wasn't manufactured like somebody's like do you remember how big twilight was huge And somebody's like, you're my, you're the Bella to my Edward.
0: But that would have done it for me if I was in high school reading that book.
1: Totally. And then I think what happens in the book is that um, they do handwriting analysis and decide it's not his. But then after the trial, his mother, her mother, sorry, her mother requests his personnel file and finds additional handwritten materials in it that Mm -hmm. like could reopen the case. And Maggie's like, no, I don't want to. Because that's another like very creepy piece of evidence. That I mean, I guess also if it was fabricated, that would also be like
0: fucking wild. Yeah, imagine taking a. That's like a, a real dedication. I don't know. No, I I completely think that he was guilty, and I the book thing though creeped me out.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I yeah, I thought th- I thought that this was the most compelling story to me. I thought this was the most interesting. Same. I was most one. Yeah. I'm going to save compare and contrasts until we get through all of them, but I will just upfront say I thought this was the most interesting one.
0: Okay, so we want to take a little break to talk about one of our sponsors. So, let's talk more about Night Pillow. I have been sleeping with mine for 4 years now, long before they had a sponsor, um long long before I even thought I'd ever have a podcast. So, Needless to say, I've had a lot of time to test it out, and I am obsessed with mine. It's been called the most comfortable pillow in the world by celebrities and influencers like me. It's a memory foam pillow with a silk case, so the pillow cushions your head and does not turn into a pancake halfway through the night, and the silk case has serious benefits for your skin and your hair. So we've been talking about this pillow for a while, and the number one question we get is, is it worth the money? And we get it, it's $150. But you also spend a whole third of your life asleep. So it's an important investment. We always talk about how much we love it, but I love when you guys send us your experiences with the products that we talk about. And I think sometimes that's even more impactful. So we read this one last week, but I just thought it was such a good review of the pillow that I'm gonna read it again. So this person wrote, okay, so I was super hesitant spending so much money on a pillow, but after many sleepless nights and the worst insomnia I've had in a while, I finally used your code and bought the pillow. I track my sleep every night I have gone from getting 40 to 60% quality sleeps to literally 95 to 100% every night. I was hoping this was just a hoax and that I could return it. I can honestly say it's one of the best investments of my life. Literally, how did I go so long without it? So don't take our word for it, don't take our listeners' word for it. It is the best pillow. And you can sleep on your pillow for 100 nights and return it if you don't love it. So there's there's really nothing to lose there. It's pretty risk-free. If you are ready to try it for yourself, visit www.discovernights.com to learn about the pillow and take 20% off using code BOP20. Again, that's 20% off your order at discovernight.com with code BOP20. And I do just want to say, throw a sheet mask in there. You won't be disappointed. There's gold in those sheet masks, and they make you glow. Let's get back to the episode. Yeah. Oh, what about Lena?
1: Oh, my God. I don't know what to think about Lena, because she was, to me, the most grating. Like, I did she not sympathize with her, really. And I did. Like, I got where she was coming from, but then at the same time, I was like, oh, my God, why... Like, just her whole story, it was like, why are you going outside? The murderers out there don't do this. Yes. So I was really frustrated with her. But at the same time, I guess, like, I understood why she was doing what she was doing and why she felt the way that she was feeling. Mm -hmm. But, oh, man. Yeah. I um,
0: I was very irritated by her.
1: I I think that's the point. Yeah,
0: of course. I felt very... Like, she was so desperate for Aiden. What really, and this you have this in your notes, what really affected me was the fact that she was 32 years oh old. Oh, my God, me too. Because in my head, she was, like, 47.
1: No, it says, in, it's it's kind of planted in there midway, and I'm 32, so this felt, like, particularly resonant, where she had, I think she had two or three kids, and she explains her day at one point, point. it's basically just, like, cleaning the floor. Yeah, it's like she has nothing going on in her life and she lives in like a small town in Indiana. There's like nothing going on in this town. Her husband works for the Postal Service like they just like I was like, oh my God, like what a awful, boring life this sounds like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was jarring that she was 32. It was so jarring. Mm hmm. And also her marriage. It's so sad. Her marriage was like, it was terrible in a different way, you know? Because it was like, so basically it's it's phrased or like the way that it occurs in the book is that she was raped when she was in high school and then she felt like she had like the stink of it on her where like she was giving off a vibe where like people weren't interested in dating her. And so she meets this man who she eventually marries ed and she basically just marries him because he asked and they have this like sad loveless marriage where he decides that he doesn't like kissing what the fuck and she just like wants affection and he's like no i i kissing's not for me and they went to a
0: therapist and the therapist took his side
1: yes and she was like yeah lena like some people just don't like kissing and it was like (laughs) <laughs> I mean, okay. But, like, it doesn't sound like there was anything in place. Like, there there was no connection. Agreed. Which is also terrifying. Like, it's like, it's not like she married this guy who is abusing her or, like, is, like, hit physically abusing her, like, hitting her or, you know, he just, like, they're, they're in this, like, sad,
0: loveless marriage, which was very terrifying. Completely. It, it makes you, like, never want to get married. I mean, obviously, like, you don't get yourself into a situation like that. But yeah. I, was, I felt really upset reading her her side. Yeah. And also just, again, like, like, she was grating. She was so desperate. She was just, like, it was clear that her self-esteem had just been so eroded from being in this loveless marriage where she was not getting any affection at all that she then just, like, really, like, stretched for Aiden. She just, like, needed... Something she, was like a she needed, like, an puppy. obsession. Like, she was like, when Tyrion gets home, when I get home from traveling and Tyrion is just, like, all up on me, drooling. Like, and I'm like, okay, okay, calm down. Like, that was her, like, all the time for Aiden. The other thing that I thought
1: was interesting is that, like, Aiden's not a catch. No. He's, uh, he works in construction, which is fine. He, like, has a beer belly. Like, she, She's in love with high school Aiden, and, like, current-day Aiden, like, drinks too much and, like, is a slob and is cheating on his wife and, like, not Mm -hmm. great. Like, she's not cheating on her husband with, like, the Ryan Gosling of rural Indiana. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I wrote this down, I wrote this quote down because I thought this was, like, a very succinct cutting way to put it where it said lena has her clear days when she tells herself the truth most days she depends on the fantasy version but on clear days she knows that aiden is not the greatest man in the world where it's like she's just like manufacturing this fairy tale in her head and like going with it Mm -hmm. it it was so sad yeah it was it, it and he also it like very clearly their feelings have a discrepancy Of, like, he's not really into this. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, I'll come get a blowjob at this, like, lake. But he's not like, I love you, too.
0: Yeah, he doesn't love her. He's never going to leave his wife.
1: (sighs) Oh. It was, and the thing about this story, and I I imagine it was intentional, is that every Lena chapter was just, like, back and forth like this for the whole book. Where it was like, I want to see Aiden. Aiden's not really interested maybe he comes if he like she drops everything to see him maybe he comes if he's drunk or he's horny but like like they're just like this cycle this relationship that made me even sadder because it was like you're in this sad loveless marriage now you're having this affair and it's not even fulfilling like i was just like i just want you to i you know me i want everything to have like a clear resolution and a happy ending
0: and i don't know that she's gonna have that
1: no no and i mean the the thing that is like very clear is that her greatest fear is being alone, and so being in these crappy relationships to her is better than mm-hmm. being alone. And I, I mean, as somebody who is very single, it's just like I think I I have the opposite mentality, which maybe isn't oh my god better. I, I, would, I don't know. Like it's on the other side of the spectrum, but like yeah, I don't know that extremes are great. But it's like I would so much rather be alone than be trapped in one of these terrible relationships yeah so it's like my great she's like living my greatest my greatest fear oh yeah i don't know what about sloan well wait the other thing that i want to talk about about lena before we move on is that like she has no problem being the other woman yeah and i at all no and i I thought that was so interesting where it's like, she so wants to be loved, but she's like, she, it doesn't matter if she's hurting someone almost. I, know. I don't know. I, yeah. I thought that was like an interesting character trait, which seemed somewhat counter to like who she's established to be. Cause she's like so timid. She's in this, she's just like she's going just with the flow. She's so desperate
0: though. It's, I know. Yeah. Okay.
1: Sorry. You wanted to go to Sloan. Oh yeah. Let's talk about Sloan. I thought Sloan was the most... So I thought Maggie's story was the most interesting, but I thought Sloan I was, like, the most intrigued by. Where I was like, yes. what's your deal? Yeah,
0: I agreed. I found her, I don't know why I found her, like, the most relatable of the three. Not that I've done any, I'm not, I've never, like, had a threesome or anything. But I did, too.
1: I, and I think it's because she she grew up in New York. Yeah. So I, like, I got that part of she her story. She like someone we would be friends with. yeah. 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 Maggie was the so other young,
0: Lena was just like so out there and Yeah, sad. the other
1: two felt like characters relative to like my own experience, whereas she felt like somebody where I was like, "Oh yeah, I like can think of real-life proxies for this person." Yeah. I mean, without the like swinging element, but like it was like, "Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I get this woman." Yeah. Well, how did you feel I feel like my feelings about sloan also changed the most throughout the book i did too because i feel like with her it starts where she's like kind of just this like man eater she like knows what
0: she wants she's like so put together so perfect like all of the talk about being the skinny like so she really put a lot of emphasis like when she was comparing herself to the other women she's like well that woman's prettier but i'm the thinner one um well yeah she seemed like a very like i know that type of woman that like places so much importance on being like very thin. Well that was what was interesting is at first she's just like when you're hearing
1: about her background and her story she feels very like self-possessed and she feels very in control and then once you kind of get into her inner monologue it's clear that she's like spiraling it's like mm-hmm. looks good on the outside is a mess on the inside and like it sounds like she's, well, she's definitely struggling with an eating disorder and then just like hates herself yeah and so I feel like I started off kind of ready to judge her Mm -hmm. and then I was like oh no like I get this the other thing that I thought was really interesting so she is I feel like living somewhat counter to Lena she's like in this open relationship but she's like doing it on the up and up basically like she assumes throughout this that like Wes's partner knows about the relationship and when they get to the end and um his partner could confesses into in the grocery store she like doesn't correct her she just like takes it yeah. and I like I and I guess it's a testament to like how much I came to feel for her throughout her story but I was like no defend yourself like Stop being perfect and like tell this woman.
0: Yeah, I felt the same way. Oh, it was frustrating. What did you think about Sloan's husband?
1: Because uh, he's like kind of outside of the story, but you're you kind of get like glimpses of him. I,
0: I didn't think a lot about him. I thought it was just I thought I'm always like c- curious by people with who have, who have like interesting sexual proclivities, and I thought it was definitely. Interesting how he got off on seeing her, like, choosing a man for her and um, seeing her with him. It felt, like, very controlling, but in a weird way. I also kind of wondered
1: what their relationship was like communication-wise. Because it feels like she's just kind of, like, going with this. Yeah, Not against her will, per se, but she's not as into it. Agreed.
0: She's not as into it, and she's just doing this to kind of please him.
1: You know what? Every time the story came up, do you know it? it just like made me think of? Have you noticed that every man on dating apps is like in a non-monogamous relationship? Do you get those people? No.
0: Oh my god. Notice now because okay. maybe you'll see. No, I. I don't think I've gotten. I've seen people say like in their bio and be right. Like, that's what I mean. I'm, but only like a couple. Oh
1: my god! I've seen so many I've only seen, like people. Maybe three. It feels like if I had to pick a number, I would say like 20% of people I see on dating apps are in like, and I I wish I could remember the word, it's like ethically non-monogamous.
0: I haven't seen that.
1: Oh my God. I see it all the time.
0: Interesting. Maybe
1: that's why I had to switch off Hinge because I was just getting people in open relationships. But I was like, I always wonder about that people where I'm like, what, what is your relationship like?
0: Yeah. I don't get that a lot. I've seen it like once or twice. Oh, I see it all the time. And I'm like, also, I had a really cute guy who wanted to choke me and I had to block him. That was the only weird thing I've had happen recently. I'm not
1: even saying that I've talked to these people. I, I don't yeah. swipe right on them, but I but
0: you see it in their bio. I see
1: it in their bio. And the thing that it always makes me wonder is I'm like, who are these women that they're in relationships with? Because I get it. Like I understand that like not all men to generalize, but like, I can think of men who, if given the option, would prefer to be in a, an open relationship than a monogamous relationship. But I'm like, I don't know very many women who are like, yeah, yeah.
0: that sounds good. That sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah. And so I just always wonder, I'm like, who are the women on the other side of this? I think they're the same people who go to Burning Man, not to like make sweeping generalizations.
1: Well, no, that's, that's one of the reasons why I found Sloan's story so interesting because I, I've always just seen those people on dating apps and been like, who's on the other side of this? And like, it's Sloan. Yeah. So I found that
0: very, it's scratch niche for me
1: to understand that.
0: I see a lot of people go to Burning Man and if that's their interest, I swipe left. Oh yeah, me too.
1: But I also see other people who look, who are not Burning Man people.
0: And they're just like ethically non-monogamous. Yep. That is so funny. Yep. I don't, I haven't, I've only seen a few of them. I see it all the time. I'm going to take screenshots every time
1: I see it now and send it to you so you can understand the volume of people, which makes me just like, I'm like, is 20% of New York in an open relationship?
0: You also get a lot of weird DMs lately. Like, I get I a lot I think every of weird day DMs you've had a new internet suitor.
1: My Instagram princes. I haven't gotten any. I was jealous. Hmm. Do you want me to give him your information? Yeah, I just
0: feel like, hey, I'm, I, I'm a pass on this, but my friend at Grace Atwood is looking for a sugar daddy. Yeah. Oh no! Please leave me
1: out. My one today, it wasn't clear
0: if I think I was you paying him, him thirty two hundred dollars, or if he was paying me one dollar. I think he wanted you to pay him thirty two hundred dollars. Well, he needed money. I'll. I, I. So you get it from your other sugar daddy, and then you give it to him. Well, I have no sugar
1: daddies right now. I deleted that DM because it was too confusing to even. I. Uh, what grace is referencing is said a couple of weeks ago
0: she puts this guy slid into stories.
1: my dms and i like decided to mess with him because he sounded like a bot. a bot that wrote fortune cookies and so i was like messing with him because i thought it was a bot i i'm still not clear on whether it was a person or not but um yeah this guy like i couldn't even mess with because i was like i'm just confused
0: yeah i love that you write these people back i just block them i,
1: I mean i usually don't but i was really bored I was working from home last week and I was like, yeah, let's see where this goes. So before we keep talking, I want to talk about another sponsor. I feel pretty smug that we paired this into this episode because I feel like it's very on topic. It is. So today's episode is also sponsored by Modern Fertility. So you may have heard of us talk about it before. Modern Fertility is the first comprehensive fertility and hormone test that you can take at home. It is so funny to me not haha funny, but ironic funny, that we spend our college years in our 20s trying to prevent pregnancy. And now that we're in our 30s, we have to start thinking about planning for it. And honestly, like I don't have the first clue about my hormone health or if I'm fertile. And as women wait longer to have children, one in six couples have trouble conceiving. So personally, I'm single right now. Kids are not on my near term radar, but I still want to know if I Can have children. Like, I want to know what my options are. And I want to know if I should be thinking about egg freezing sooner than later. So, Modern Fertility ships a test kit to your house and you get your results in just days. So, it's a finger prick test. And the kit costs $159, which honestly, I think is pretty great considering that most proactive fertility testing is not covered by insurance and can cost thousands of dollars at the doctor's office. And this is the exact same level of testing. So once you get your results, uh, it gives you a sense of your egg count, expected outcome from IVF or egg freezing, how your hormone levels relate to PCOS, and about your general hormone health. You also get a one-on-one session with one of their fertility nurses to answer any questions you have so you're not just like left out there with Dr. Google to figure out what the results mean. I personally think this company is so cool. It's giving women the information that they need to make informed decisions about their reproductive health. On their site, they also have some really cool tools like a fertility timeline and a quiz that helps to demystify fertility. And it's like adult sex ed. I learned a lot. If you want to take their fertility quiz and get $20 off your first kit go to modernfertility.com backslash boP so again twenty dollars off your first kit at modernfertility.com backslash boP anyway back to the book can we just zoom out and, and talk about the full book for a few minutes before we get off the topic of course so I, I know
0: we've kind of talked this did you relate to any of the women um oh not really no I mean there was little things here and there there was like the having the crush on the teacher. Never wrote him a weird note. Never lost my virginity to an older man. Um, With Lena, I've been lonely in relationships. Like, the ending of, like, my bigger relationship. Like, he um, really wasn't attracted to me. And, like, I remember feeling very, very lonely and, like, grasping for threads. So I think that that is probably relatable to a lot of women. And um, Sloane, like, there were just elements of her personality that felt like She was like a friend or someone I was talking to. But overall, I think they were all relatable in a different way because they're the character, and they are, they're real people. They're just, they're very raw, relatable women, even if you can't relate to them per se.
1: That's how I felt. Like, that's like, I could relate to the emotions in some cases where it was like, or not even relate to the emotions, but like, I understood why they were doing the things that they were doing. Yes, where it was like, even when I was having this horror movie reaction to like, why are you doing this? I felt you got it. Where it was like, everyone has like made a bad decision, sent a text at the, sent a text to somebody when they've had too many drinks, or like you know, like you're mm-hmm. like, I know I'm not supposed to do this, but I, I did but I'm gonna do it anyway, yeah. or like. Or feeling that lonely or Yeah, like you just you I got the emotions, even if like I couldn't relate at all to their mm-hmm.
0: to their situation. Agree. Ugh. Yeah, this was definitely the most serious and sad book that we've read for the podcast.
1: I know. I'm really
0: curious what
1: our audience thought of it because it's definitely a huge departure from our normal but i i like wanted to talk about it
0: Mm -hmm.
1: i'm curious i mean first of all i would love to talk more in the facebook group and hear what other people thought
0: yes because i feel like we only scratched the surface agreed i think that we can get into some longer conversations there
1: but i also just want to know what people thought of it because i saw i've gotten mostly positive but i did see a couple people who were like i just didn't like this
0: oh interesting i loved it yeah i absolutely loved it it's
1: so voyeuristic.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like peeking behind the curtains. Yeah. Into it's, other people's sex lives. It's great. Yeah. Oh, man. I am so excited to talk to Lisa about all of this. Oh,
0: I can't wait. I just can't wait to hear about like what those eight years were like for her.
1: Totally. And how she like picked these women. Yeah. I'm really excited. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to talk more about this book with Lisa. So let's get out of the book and into the us.
0: Yes. Let's talk about us. Rebecca what are you obsessed with right now
1: so in my summer of extreme makeover home edition I am now onto my bedroom and working on that and I just got do you know the mirror I'm talking about the anthropology mirror that like every blogger has I do,
0: and... You don't like it? No, I love it for you, and I'm so glad you got it. So I'm getting a mirror for over there, and I wanted that mirror, but every blogger has that mirror, and as a blogger, I can't jump on it. Like, as a non-influencer, you go for it. Like, it's beautiful, but I wanted it so badly, and then every blogger got it, and I had to not get it.
1: Everyone has it, and I was like, ugh, is this... I I went through the same thought process, and then I was like, whatever, if it brings you joy, who cares? and it makes me so happy it is so beautiful it's gorgeous so yeah I got this mirror it makes me very happy I'll post a photo on my um Instagram story for people who don't know what I'm talking about because I feel like there's no it's good like, way to explain it
0: it's the gold blogger mirror <laughs> it's the gold blogger mirror yeah I got it's it beautiful Oh, I'm so happy. I have a gold mirror coming in the mail. From to, where? From Cherish. It's a vintage one. Ooh. Yeah. Because I wanted something with that look and feel, but I was like, you can't have that one because everyone... You want to know the other thing, another negative about that mirror, it's a million pounds. Yes, I know. Mirrors are so heavy. So heavy. Mm-hmm. I think anyway. it's just a universal mirror thing because they're glass. and.
1: Yeah. I don't really know that I'm really like selling this that hard but
0: love the mirror I wanted it I would have it if I weren't a blogger I would have it what is your obsession mine is a company called Rigby which is also for home I've never heard of this they um do beautiful dishware and um like tabletop goods so they sent me this glasses from them it's like really sleek minimalist types of things so they I've got drinking glasses and bowls from them These, like, beautiful mint green porcelain bowls that come from Portugal. What's their website? Sorry. It's RigbyHome.com. And they have beautiful things. It's all tableware. Um, I like that it's really well designed. It's beautifully crafted. The dishware, for example, is hand-finished in Portugal. They have gorgeous gold flatware. I love the clean lines of all of the glasses. I have these, like, drinking glasses that I have my water out of. The stuff is just really, really nice. It's very high quality, and it's pretty affordably priced. So I'm looking for mugs right now. I want
1: new mugs. My mugs are just white. They have I'm, nice mugs. I don't like these. Oh. I don't know what I want. I'm very Goldilocks. I spent a lot of time browsing mugs okay. over my self-care weekend, and I couldn't find anything that I liked.
0: Okay. Um, well, I love I love everything that they make. The bowls and the glassware are what I have, and I'm a big fan. And I love the mint green. I didn't even see the mint green. Yeah, it goes well with all the pink that I have, because, you know, I like, like subtle oh, variations yeah. of pink and green. Like, the mint mixes really well with emerald. Mint also works with pale pink. Like, all of my stuff mixes and matches quite well. Yeah, yeah so I'm a big fan. I think that they're doing cool things. What about on the Instagram front? On the Instagram front, my um, Instagram person is someone that Casey Balsham shared, and the Instagram is S Tolamash. so it's s-t-o-l-l-e-m-a-c-h-e. She's a comedian. She's very funny. She posts, like, very funny little comedy bits and stuff and, like, videos, but she also has been posting these faux glossier tutorials, so she had one with, like, a ketchup lip stain she had one with like a pepperoni highlighter where she's smearing pepperoni oil all over her face she had another one what was she doing oh my god she used a sharpie to fill in her brows no and it's just like it's a very funny play on glossy but it's also so gross and bad that you're just like ooh, it feels like you know when a child is doing something really bad like don't do that yeah it's funny
1: oh it makes me laugh what about you um, so mine is um, Sprout Home Brooklyn, which is... Have you been in there yet? That's where I bought all of my plants in my apartment. No. Becca,
0: it's so expensive. It's beautiful, Grace. It's I don't great. care. It's beautiful. I don't care. You got to go to Chelsea Garden Center. I don't care. Okay.
1: <laughs> it's beautiful. They have beautiful, beautiful flowers. I bought a beautiful resin um, planter from there. It's beautiful. So it's
0: absolutely gorgeous. It right?
1: is this plant store in Brooklyn that's on grand street and i bought all of the plants in my apartment there they're very nice i went in the middle of the day last week they also have
0: florals they they have have florals yeah Fun fact that you can have a party there. Alex had her birthday party there years ago, our friend, and you can do like a terrarium making party. Oh, that sounds, I would love to do that. I feel like that sounds right up your alley. But I, um, I
1: followed their Instagram because I'm a very nervous plant owner and I'm like hoping for some plant care tips, which I haven't gotten, but it's beautiful. Like if you like plant porn, yeah,
0: this is it. You know what you should check out is a startup called FAUN, F-A-U-N. I'll I'll f- I'll forward the, you their information. But they you can send them like an area in your apartment and they'll help you figure out what plants to put there and they give you tips. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. What about books? What are you reading? You have a lot. I list. have
1: a lot because I, I told you I read three books over the weekend. Mm-hmm. So, well, not quite three. Okay. So I started Honestly, We Meant Well by Grant Ginder. And this is the second book from the person who wrote The People We Hate at the Wedding. Okay, And I didn't love that book. Okay, Because every not because it wasn't well written or the story wasn't good, but just because everyone in it was so hateable. So this one sounded like a different premise like I'd get on board with. It did not grab me. I have hit pause on it. I haven't. I haven't DNF'd it. Yeah, but I'm I don't know. So then the second thing is we are on a kick right now. We're reading so many books trying to figure out what our book club books should be for this fall. So, we're re- I'm reading a lot of um upcoming releases or new Same. releases trying to like screen for what would be good things. So, I read two in that vein. So the first one is I read Twice in a Blue Moon by Christina Lauren so excited to dig into this so that's a romance book it comes out october 22nd basically the premise is um a girl goes to london when she's 18 and falls in love with this guy there and it's told in two timelines and then in the second timeline she's in her 30s and she's an actress and they like run into each other again so well, second like, chance love story this is christina
0: lauren like this is her best their best stuff
1: yeah Christine, yeah. If you don't know, Christine and Lauren is two people. Yeah,
0: I always forget to say have to say there. Yeah, of her. So this was good.
1: Um, it was it like scratched the edge. It was really satisfying. I don't think it's going to be a book club pick. It's not something I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. It's something that I, I enjoyed to have reading. A good discussion around it, but it's not something I wanted to talk about. Yeah. So the second thing I read, so Morgan last week when she was on the podcast said one of the new releases she was most excited for was The Starless Sea by Erin Morgenstern. So this is the same woman who wrote The Night Circus. It's her second book and it's like 8 years later, 9 years later. So this book I, I'm having I'm still processing. I finished it on Sunday. It was great.
0: I can't wait to I read this felt
1: too. R- at the end of it I felt really great. It took me a solid 150 to 200 pages to figure out what the fuck was happening in this book. Like I was like what is the plot of this book? Who am I even following? I'm confused. And then once I got it, I like didn't want it to end. It was I mean the one thing you can say is that throughout it even when I was confused, it is so beautifully written and the like premise is this like s- secret underworld like story keepers it's so so it's really beautiful and magical and the magic is all around stories and books and and like it was great my impression at the end was like yes this is wonderful my impression for the first 150 pages was like confused face Okay, so that is my advice: is that you should definitely read it, but you should make sure that you're reading it at a time when you can like really get into it and like stick with it. Yeah, just my like caution warning. Mm-hmm. So then last night I, because we have a bunch of books coming in the mail and they haven't arrived, and I was like, oh, I just want something like light because this A Starless Sea was like quite dense. Um, so I started the proposal by Jasmine Guillory, which I it wasn't have had. The proposal. Oh, it's uh, it's the one I
0: gave you, right? Yeah, the, the wedding date. The wedding date. The wedding date. We so, read the proposal for book club. Yes.
1: So I had the wedding date, and it's been sitting on my table, and I'm like, for some reason, I was like, in my head, I was like, it's not going to be as good. I was like, it's not going to be great. It's so good.
0: It's so good. All her <laughs> so books good. are so good. But
1: I don't know why I was like biased, where I was like, uh, like I've read because this is her third book I'm like oh I've already read two of these books I'm gonna be sick of it I'm like I'm not sick of it I love this I will
0: never get sick of Jasmine Oh uh, I just wish she would like write us back to something I know I've tweeted her Instagrammed her I, I sent her another DM whenever anyone tells
1: me they're like Jasmine Gillery would be a great podcast cast I'm like yeah just twist the knife yeah we've tried so hard not for lack of trying yeah anyway it is it is really really great it's like a romance but it's really well written it's great. I'm like a third of the way in, but happy with my choices. Tell me about you.
0: So I finished the Lux series. I'm out of that hole. There's four of them. It was a wonderful time. Where'd you net out on it? Um, I net out not as good as the selection or the other things that we've read in that vein, but just fun. Yeah. Again, like scratch the itch for something like mm-hmm. that. Now I'm reading something totally different. I'm reading um, "Chances Are" by Richard Russo. So Richard Russo is—he's a Pulitzer Prize winner. He wrote "Empire Falls." He—this book is set in Martha's Vineyard. So there's three friends, are best friends from college. Um, they're now men in their sixties. So oh. this is like totally a little like unrelatable for me. It's like reading about my dad and his friends. But um, I know that there's a mystery. I'm only about forty percent through. And it all centers around this woman that they all loved. At one, they all loved her when they were in college, and something happened to her, and we don't know what it is. So um, I'm enjoying it. It's a little slow. The characters. It's been a little bit of a tough go. I know that it's going to be really good because everything he writes is really good. But I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking it slowly. This is another book that we were considering as one of our fall books. It's not going to be one of our fall books, but it's good. I just, I need to get further into it. Well, okay. So two follow-ups.
1: One, if you're a listener and you have an idea for a fall book, send it to us. We would Put love to hear. Put it in the hear. Facebook group. Put in the Facebook group. Don't DM. Put in the Facebook group. We would love to hear. We probably want an upcoming release, not a... Yeah. Stuff that's coming
0: out. Or an existing book. Although... I think our December book is going to be a an oldie. Yeah. Well, a year old. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, so if you have ideas, I'll start a thread in the Facebook group. Number two, if you are looking for a good book to read, ah. our September book is such a good one. It's such a good one. Our September book club pick is American Royals by Catherine McGee, and she wrote the Thousandth Floor series. So this is the first book in a new series, and the book is basically what if George Washington was the first king of the United States instead of the first president? And so America has a royal family, and it's set in present day, and um, the first female monarch is, like, getting ready to ascend the the throne. And so it's all about her. It's wonderful. So good. So good. It's young adult, but it's not... (sighs) Mm. It's not like cheesy.
0: It's yeah. good. It's it's great. It's young adult written for adults. I like to yes, say yes, yes. It comes so good.
1: out on September third. Very excited. Very very excited. So that's where we're going to leave you. If you would like more of us, definitely come to the Facebook group and talk to us about this book. Mm-hmm. If you've made it this far, I assume you've read it. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Bad on Paper Podcast.
0: I'm on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman. I'm on Instagram at Grace Atwood, and my blog is thestripe.com.
1: And if we're coming to your city, buy tickets to our live show at batonpaperpodcast.com backslash live.
0: Good job with that. It's a mouthful.
1: I did it. Can't say tour, but I can (laughs) say our website. (sighs) Oh, my God. So funny. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Mm